For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good Tuesday morning, Birds fans. We appreciate you streaming on in here on Birds 365. You got Mac and Mac, John McMullen, and uh, Jody McDonald here with you for the next two hours. Johnny Mac, uh, before last night's action, we already knew that the Eagles and Giants were going to do battle in one divisional matchup in the NFC. Last night, we found out the 49ers will be taking on the Cowboys, who put a, put a pretty good beat down on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last night. So the final four teams are set in the NFC, and three of them are coming out of the NFC East. Yeah, who didn't have that, Jody, at the beginning uh, of the season? Yeah, the no, powerful, no. powerful NFC East. Yeah, yeah. No, I had two. I said the Eagles and the Cowboys would both make the playoffs. Didn't have the Giants getting there, and uh, they'll be coming to Lincoln Financial Field on Saturday. But uh, that says a lot about the division. Hey, we're only two years removed from it being the NFC least. When the Washington football team, not the commanders yet, uh, took the division with a losing record. So things are definitely on the upswing of the NFC East, which is where the Eagles reside, where the Eagles were champion. What is the Eagles schedule for preparation this week? We know it's a Saturday game. 
a night game, much to John McMullen's chagrin. Uh, so it's a bit of a short week, shorter for the Giants because they actually had to play yeah, last not week. Not short for the Eagles. Yeah, well, prep-wise, prep I guess, you know, from knowing when your opponent is. But obviously they have a huge advantage, uh, the bye week and staying sharp and being able to practice. So it's it's like a normal week, except everything's moved up a day. So it happened uh, a number of weeks ago when they played a Saturday game. So Wednesday walkthrough becomes Tuesday walkthrough, and that's today. And Thursday it, it has late in the season become the big practice of the week. That'll be Wednesday and Friday is sort of the lighter practice that finishes up the week, and that'll be Thursday. So everything is just moved up a day uh, from the preparation perspective, and they just went through this uh, a few weeks ago. So, um, yeah, they, it, the, for the Giants, it's a much bigger deal because they had to play, and, you know, the emotion of, of winning on the road in the playoffs, and then you got to turn around and, and and play another road game now. The road trip is not nearly as difficult for them, obviously, because it's so close. So that's a little bit of a positive. But, yeah, that's a tough spot for the Giants. All right. How about the uh, player and coach availability? Because, John, I said this yesterday, I said it, I'll say it, uh, the next three days leading up to the game on Saturday, the health of the Philadelphia Eagles will be a big part of at least my determination as to how easily the Philadelphia Eagles could and should expect to win this game. I'm already on record. I think the Eagles are going to win. Could it be a very tight and competitive game that hangs in the balance in the 58th minute? I don't know about that yet. Maybe. I'm not dismissing that as a possibility, but I'm not predicting it either. Part of that will come with how the Eagles look health-wise with some very key players being questionable going into Saturday's game. You guys will get your basic 15-minute look, and you can try and uh, determine as much as you can by who's doing what out there on the field. But you're also going to have to rely on being able to just uh, ask these guys questions, be able to uh, measure their responses. Uh, what is the player availability this week and or the coaching availability, if we can read between the lines on Eagles' health? Well, Nick is is going Tuesday and Thursday so you know as I just explained that would be a normal Wednesday and Friday so everything is the same locker rooms open today Wednesday Thursday um, obviously you're not going to get anything from the head coach on the injury front if anything I, I think he was a little bit uh, more honest than usual when it comes to Jalen Hurts about not being 100%. I'm, I'm, I'm actually a little surprised. He's not going to be 100% through the entire playoffs. So he's going to be fighting through things. Lane Johnson's obviously having surgery. He's already confirmed that uh, after the season. So um, he's fighting through some things. I, you know, the biggest uncertainty remains Avante Maddox. I would be stunned if he plays this week. But clearly, they're keeping him on the roster for a reason. So if they win and they get to the championship game, if they win that, if they get to the Super Bowl, it's pretty clear they expect him to be at least possible a potential at some point. And who knows? And I, I maybe the most interesting one of all is Aaron Sipas. Not that it's a, a, a big deal, but he says he's ready to go. So we're going to see how he shakes out this week if, if he's – um, uh, um, able to go at some point in the postseason. I would think it would be more uh, 
uh, later than this week. But those are some of the interesting uh, injuries. And obviously the biggest, the biggest two are Jalen Hurts and Lane Johnson. We, we kind of, we kind of already know their status to me. The bigger part of Jalen hurts is what do the Eagles do? Do they protect him like they tried to do in week 18? I think that's a problem if they take the zone read mechanics out of this offense. So I think that's the bigger question. Like how do the Eagles react to the status of in the health of Jalen hurts, not being a hundred percent. Right. But if he's not a hundred percent, what is he? Uh, he's not 100. Well, is he 50? Is he 60? How do you even determine what those numbers mean? I don't know what Jalen Hurts is, is going to be able to do. I honestly don't. Maybe if you think you've got a better read on it, fine. I don't know. And, yes, I think that will absolutely dictate. I think the Eagles want uh, uh, anybody worth his salt would understand. The Eagles want to be able to call plays like they did weeks 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, when Jalen Hurts was playing at an MVP-type level and the offense was stone-cold clicking. That's exactly what they're going to want. I don't think we'll have a clue as to how they're going to call it until they get out there on the field on Saturday. Do you? Yeah, no, that's that's the biggest part of this uh, because if they're really concerned and they, they want to protect them, yeah, it's going to become much more difficult. If they just play like they play, I think they're going to roll over this team. I think it's going to be a road apple. Uh, on the road to the NFC championship game. Um, and I don't know. I wish I could tell you. Uh, uh, I, I, I have a sense that, that they're going to go all out because it's one and done. And there's nothing to protect if you can't play the next week. So it's a very difficult um, situation to be in. Uh, the, the, the week of rest uh, certainly helped uh, calm it down in a lot of ways. And we had Jessica Flynn on last week. Uh, uh, a lot of ways winning this game and going to the championship game might even be bigger because you don't have the extra week um, to, to sort of calm it down because Dr. Jess said, hey, you're going to get banged up in the game and it's going to be sore again. And then you got to turn around and play in a week, whereas you had this extra week. It could calm down. I think Jalen's going to feel pretty good coming into the game. It's one of the reasons why I think Wink Martindale is going to go back to what he does because he wants to hit the quarterback. He wants to blitz. Might even not get there. Might even give up a big play. But if you bang up the quarterback – and, and by the way, I'm talking in a legal way. I'm not trying to, in, 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 you know, go back to the Buddy Ryan days. But they're going to want to hit him. And I don't think there's any question about that. Until we see it happen, yeah, I don't know. And then that week after, again, you don't have the extra week. So you have the extra week between the championship game and the Super Bowl. You had the extra week between the end of the regular season for the Eagles and the divisional round. You don't have the extra week between the divisional round and the NFC championship game if you win this game. Agreed. And we probably are not going to know until Jalen Hurts gets out there on the field as to what level of play he is capable of playing with on Saturday. So it's going to be patience, Eagles fans. I know you all want to know right now. I want to know right now what the number is going to be, what percentage he's going to be at. Uh, the Eagles aren't going to tell you. Jalen Hurts isn't going to tip his hand. 
you're going to have to wait for the game to actually play out. All right, Johnny, I want to ask a question about just two weeks ago when these two teams played. And it's it's not a game that I want to put a lot of emphasis on because the Giants did play their backups. Um, but one thing that does concern me going into this game, we know the Eagles put a beat down on the Giants uh, earlier in the year up in New York. But when the game is over and done, you look at, you know, why they, they're playing the Giants backups. How do they only walk away with less than a touchdown win? Giants get an onside kick in the last two minutes that could have really um, changed the outcome of that game. It was 19 to three heading into the fourth quarter. It was 19 nothing, but heading into the fourth quarter, it was 19 nothing, and then he dropped three interceptions. I think people forget that. I mean, they were dominating the game. Now, you would like to finish it off. You know, if they had those three interceptions, they're probably up 30, 30 nothing, something of that range. And, you know, nobody's having this conversation, but you pick up the end of the box score and you say, oh, that's closer than it should have been. Right. It really wasn't that close. I mean, they dominated most of the game. I, I, I said during the week, I, I remember after that game, I said, I never even got a sense, even even on the onset, this team was going to win the game, this team being the Giants. I mean, but but I get it. They didn't finish. They didn't put the hammer down, and people are concerned about it. I I wouldn't be concerned about it. And here's, here's, where I, here's where I think the, the concern is legit. It's Davis Webb. And the Giants drove it down the field against the Eagles' defense with their starters out there. They weren't pulling starters the way the, the, the Giants were. And they stuck it in the end zone twice in the fourth quarter of that game to get to the point where they actually got to go onside and look to steal the game. Where, where did the Eagle defense go wrong on those two giant drives in the fourth quarter? Well, to, to be honest, I can't. I can't. I remember the Galladay play is just a great catch. I mean, great coverage, great catch. And sometimes you, you, you tip your hat to the other guy. And I, I realize he's been a big disappointment. Uh, for the Giants, he had a great block in the in the playoffs. Now we're talking about him as a blocker that Brian Dayball brought up. But I mean, he made a great catch. And and sometimes, you know, people aren't willing to say, "Oh, uh, uh, you know, that's a pretty good play by the other guy." They're getting paid too. And to be honest, Jody, I don't even remember the first one. Can you refresh my memory? It's it's been so long. It was a. I wrote it down here. The a ten play fifty nine yard drive at the start of the fourth quarter. Then the Eagles got the ball back. Did take take some time off the clock. Went down. Had to settle for a field goal. Remind me, that's going to be my next question. Um, and then, of course, they got the ball back, and yeah, Galladay made the big play. But they had two drives in the fourth quarter, four touchdowns after they had scored a grand total of three points in the first three quarters, and uh, that, that that was a little disappointing on Eagles defense. You want to give Galladay credit? Yeah, it was a heck of a play. Uh, I, I, I certainly can sign on to that. You do have to give credit when the other team makes a big play. But the Eagles let them get into a position to make that play. And I'm just wondering if you remembered if there were any specific breakdowns, specifically uh, defenses they were in um, that uh, maybe they could learn something from and not have that happen to them again this week. Well, they, I, I, now I'm trying to refresh. They they did the Davis Webb one up the middle um, and kind of ran over Reed Blankenship right. um, for the touchdown. So. I am refreshing my memory. I, you know, I, I think they'll, 
be more cognizant of Daniel Jones because of his ability to run the football, certainly after last week when, you know, they want full, um, just run it, you know, against a bad defense. So I think the Eagles are going to be on high alert uh, for Daniel Jones because he's capable of doing that type of thing, maybe not running over uh, Reed Blankenship. That was a disappointing aspect. Mm-hmm. I, won't, I, won't, I won't cover that up. Um, but, but I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. A little bit of a letdown, um, you know. What was the score at that point? 19-3? I don't know. Three quarters giving up three points. That's that's pretty good. Um, you know, it started. Right. See, it, I, and I'm, I'm going to tick Eagle fans off, which is a glass half empty, glass half full. Yeah, they give up three points for the first three quarters. And then they give up 14 points in the last 10 minutes. Well, wait, well I, I will is say. Is the glass half empty or is the glass half full? Well, depends if you're an optimist or a pessimist. I will say it started. It, it was a short field. You know, uh, it, it started because of a bad punt. Um, and I'm not going to sit here. Neither of these teams have good special teams. So luckily from that standpoint, it's kind of a wash. But, you know, Brett Kern is Brett Kern at this stage. And he comes in late because of injury. And I, it was a 29-yard punt. So um, that set uh, the Giants up. No real splash plays other than uh, Brightwell had a, had a run for 17 yards. So that's a little bit disappointing that they let him get out. Um, and then the touchdown. So it was all, you know, short chunks, five, four, one, four. And then you had the 17. Um, I, I don't know. I can't get myself worked up about it for two reasons. One, to be honest, from the giants perspective, if you want to take it from their perspective, doesn't matter. Those, those players aren't playing. Their good players are playing this time. And from the Eagles perspective, if you know, they, they gave up three points. They got a, a crappy punt from a, a, a punter that they probably wish would, wouldn't be here, but you know, you got to make do. And, you know, they had a bit of a letdown. I, I can't um, overall, the defense played well. And you were getting to your next point about the field goals. Yeah, they didn't finish drives. They should have been well ahead. They should have been that, – that was a blowout game, and they didn't finish and settle for field goals. Right. They, If you're judging it first snap to last snap, uh, who had the better of the play? It was unquestionably the Eagles. But you're going to have games like that. You end up losing if the couple plays go the wrong way. And they, they, they dodge a little bit of a bullet. Now, it ends up they didn't need that game because the Cowboys ended up losing to the Commanders the next week, uh, that week anyway. But uh, had had they lost that game and the Cowboys had won, would would have been a whole different setup going into the playoffs. And here's one thing that does concern me about the Giants. You're right. Um, in that game, they kind of chunked it down the field on that first touchdown in the fourth quarter. No big plays. The giant offense doesn't have big play players. They really don't. They don't have any wide receivers. Um, every once in a while, Saquon's going to break one off. But uh, if you're running back, toting the football is the guy that you're banking on to get your chunk plays. That's not a real good thing. We did see the one Eagle loss this year the when Jalen Hurts started to the commanders who did just that to the Eagles. First downed them to death. Just moved the ball down the field and converted on way too many third downs 
and we're able to take time off the clock and finish and get touchdowns. Does that concern you that there have been games this year where the Eagles have been the better team with the more talent out there yet couldn't get off the field on a third down? Um, uh, not, not particularly for this reason. Um, yeah, they had, they, they couldn't get off the field. They had a bad third down day against Washington, but you had to combine that with the four turnovers. In other words, if they had the, the, the bad third down day and they turned it over once or twice, and I was talking to one of the Eagles coaches about this, not even a clean game. You did once or twice. They win that game relatively easily even the way they played, you can't turn it over four times. So there's no doubt from the Giants' perspective, that's what they want to do, right? They just came off a game where they had a uh, – I think people <laughs> realized their defense – you know, Minnesota's offense was pretty good for the majority of that game. They moved the ball, but they had that 19-play drive that took 11 minutes. They shortened the game, and they were able to not only shorten the game, they didn't settle for field goals. They scored touchdowns. That's how the Giants want to play this game as well. They want to shorten the game. They want to get those first downs. Um, But even if they're capable of doing that, even if they do do it, they're capable of doing it, even if they do do it, you know, if the Eagles don't turn it over four times on top of it, they're going to be just fine. Now, they've done it. They did it once with Jalen. They did it once with Gardner Minshew. So you can kind of throw that out of the equation. But they have done it. I mean, they're 14 and one uh, with Jalen Hurts as a starting quarterback. And the one loss, they had the four turnovers. And as you said, they had a bad third down day on top of it. A lot of things. The Eagles argue, the Eagles coaches argue they're 15 and 0 with Jalen Hurts because they beat themselves. And to be honest, they did beat themselves. So could they beat themselves again? Sure. Anything can happen in the NFL. We're in the playoffs. These are all good teams. Even the Giants have good players. Every team in the NFL has good players. Uh, you can always talk yourself into things. But 14 to 1, that's pretty good odds. 14 out of 15. I don't think they're going to beat themselves at home against the New York Giants. But we'll see. Do me a favor. Refresh my memory. The four turnovers that day. The Quez hit from behind, getting up after he caught the ball fumble. The uh, aborted Devontae Smith at the goal line final play, trying to lateral it 27 times. Yeah. Uh, The interception that A.J. Brown had his hands on, he couldn't uh, fight the ball away from the uh, commander's defender. What was the other turnover? I'm zotting out on that. I shouldn't. I shouldn't. I should remember all four of them, and I can only remember three of them right now off the top of my head. You got a better memory than me. That was weak. I can look it up. That was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, I remember because it was three turnovers and then that whole AJ thing, and it 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 certainly affected the final score because the skins picked the ball up. Skins, excuse me. The commanders picked the ball up and took it into the end zone. Um, and that did count as a quote unquote turnover, but they had uh three to that point. And I remember the two, AJ and Quaz, and I can't remember what the other one was. Yeah, so it was two interceptions. So you had uh two for Dallas. Oh, the face mask, uh, the face mask, Dallas Goddard, uh, fumble. Um, um, um so yeah, that that was bad luck as well, uh, because obviously that should have been a penalty. That play got injured on. Um, all kinds of bad things happened on on that play. Um, but 
sometimes how the cookie crumbles. Now I remember Jason Kelsey talking about that play and, you know, calling it, uh, uh, to his credit on his podcast, calling it a loser mentality. You can't blame that for the loss, but that was a bad break. Uh, no doubt about it. And those things kind of happen. So, you know, if you think about all the, the parts that had to align for the Washington commanders to win that game, uh, you know, 14, out, 15 out of 15 would be nice, but 14 out of 15 is pretty good. 14 and one and 14 and one. That's pretty damn good. You're exactly right. And uh, that loss against the commanders. Now I'm going to raise the ire of the Eagle fans because uh, I'm going to challenge one of their star players. Um, when uh, Gardner Minshew threw those interceptions against the Cowboys filling in for uh, Jalen Hurts uh, and Quez Watkins couldn't come down with the ball in the middle of the field, a lot of people put 98% of the blame on Quez Watkins and gave Gardner Minshew basically a pass when he tried to throw it into tight coverage against uh, a pretty good uh, defender and Quez wasn't strong enough to rip the ball out. Uh, I put a good good chunk of the blame on Gardner Minshew as well. When uh, A.J. Brown had his hands on that ball in the commander game, and he is supposed to be the swole Batman, and he can't pull it away from a Washington defender, defender nobody said anything. Why? Because he's A.J. Brown. But Quez Watkins is only Quez Watkins, so let's heap all the blame on Quez Watkins. No, he's on the quarterback as well. Um, and in that particular play, it was kind of like we don't want to give blame to anybody because we don't want to give blame to uh, the quarterback. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was yeah, undefeated. Yeah, you have a little more deference if you're AJ Brown than Quez Watkins. A little bit, yeah. I, 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 I you know, the bit, the, the bigger play with AJ Brown, I think people got on him. Uh, the love of the game route against the Saints that turned it in pick True. six, where, but you know, I talked to the coaches about both games. Look. Uh, that that it's not what did you say 98 percent on quez watkins but it's more than 50 percent on quez watkins you got to fight for that ball got to fight for your quarterback and in aj's case you know they would have liked him to to run that route a little bit harder even though he knew what was coming but that was 95 percent on the quarterback so that that's part of it as well um you know, but nobody's perfect. I, I you know, Darius Slay gets this a lot too because he hasn't played as well, and he was in coverage on the Galladay play. Let's use that as an example. I mean, these guys are good. You know, Mar Marshawn Lattimore, stinking good player, True. really good player, all pro level player when he's healthy, and he 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 was tipped off. He knew what was coming. He made a great play. Kenny Galladay made a great catch. Not as great as a player, but that kind of tells you, look, these are NFL players. And if they're given an opportunity, uh, they can make plays. The consistency of somebody like A.J. Brown throughout the season, that's why you get deference. He's a star player. He's a legitimate, legitimate star player. That's why and you get the, some deference. And maybe, just maybe, this is a week where the star player comes up big for the Philadelphia Eagles. No bigger spot than uh, the playoffs. And this is the Eagles' first playoff game because they earned the bye and hopefully took advantage of it and got a little bit healthier as the week went on. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald with the Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. We are hoping to hear from one Les Bowen 
veteran uh, beat writer for the uh, for several different outlets. I've uh, been covering the Eagles for a very long time. Um, maybe less overslept. Uh, we'll, we'll hopefully, uh, hopefully uh, get less up and rocking and rolling and on with us coming up in the next couple of minutes. He's McMullen. I'm McDonald. You got Mac and Mac here on Birds 365. I'm Jim Neilbronner, Managing Partner at DelVal Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds! Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soganow helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game. Now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Got a pair of Mac ties. John McMullen and Jordan McDonald here with you on Birds 365. As the countdown is on 
the divisional round action, the New York Giants coming back to New York. Weren't they here just 10 minutes ago? Well, maybe yeah, it seems older. like it. Well, you know, uh, some of the guys who usually stand on the sidelines were here 10, 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if Davis know Davis well Davis Webb uh he'll be in street clothes, but he was here ten minutes ago. He was, and he made a couple of plays in that fourth quarter. And I did question Eagles defense that they just couldn't, after completely shutting down the Giants for three quarters, couldn't put the hammer down and stop him and let the game get more competitive than it really needed to be. All right, so we we'll, we we'll, we kind of analyze that one. So we'll put that game aside. Because if you want to figure out where the Eagles and Giants are at just by using the players that you're assuming are going to play, and in the Eagle case, there are a couple injured players uh, that we don't know about yet. When the Eagles beat the snot out of the Giants earlier this year up at uh, MetLife, the Giants were down a couple of key defensive backs, and the Eagles took advantage of it. They uh, threw it effectively, but even more effectively, they ran the football. Miles Sanders went nuts for 140 and change. Jalen ran it for over 70. They ran it as a team for over 200 yards. We know that's how the Eagles made the playoffs last year, but this was a new and improved and a better Eagle team that was 14-1 and with Jalen Hurts as the quarterback. But in that game against this opponent, the Giants, they ran it down their throats. And we know the Eagles got into the playoffs last year by running it down other teams' throats. Is there a chance that that's the game plan this week, that they break it down and go, we can run it against the Giants? Because the Eagles weren't the only team that ran it against the Giants. Giants were one of the worst teams against the run in the National Football League this year. Is there a chance that that is the game plan? Oh, we're going mano a mano. Lane Johnson's back. We're just going to run it down your throats uh, the same way we did here earlier this season in your house. I, I don't I don't know if I if that's the proper description, uh, but I talked to uh, Mano Amano. I talked to Shane Steichen. The the Eagles are zone read team, so I mean I don't know if you mean just line up and run the football. Um, if they do that, I don't think it's a positive a positive sign. And and by the way, I don't mean I formation. I mean just inside zone where you take. Um, inside or outside zone where you take the option away from Jalen Hurts to pull it because you're protecting him. I don't think they're nearly as effective in that type of situation. Uh, the Giants don't have good linebackers. They do have a good front, though, and Dexter Lawrence played really well. Now, you know, it's there's a big difference between Jason Kelsey and, you know, uh, Isaac Sayamalo and Landon Dickerson than – Garrett Bradbury and Ed Ingram and Ezra Cleveland. So the Eagles are are more equipped to handle the strength of the Giants on defense, which is Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams. Uh, they're far more equipped to handle that. But I've, I've talked to Shane Steichen. He really is. And this is where I, I love Shane Steichen as a, as a play caller. He really is the type of guy who sees what's going on and I remember the Green Bay game. All right, they're not going to stop us. We're just going to keep doing it. He will figure out what that defense is not doing well, and he will keep it up. And if they're not handling uh, something well, he will keep it up. He He's not adverse to how mummy in it, I call it, whereas, you know, Hal would say, run it again, run it again, run it again. That's sort of his mentality. If you can't stop something, 
he's going to pick at it and pick at it and pick at it. So if the Giants can't stop the run, he's going to run the football. Uh, my my bigger concern is, are they protecting Jalen Hurts? I mean, I, I, that affects the Eagles so much because so much of their offense, and I, I've said it since – you know, pretty early in the season when it became clear that Jalen was playing at a high level, you've heard me use that terminology, Jody. It's not a run-based offense, not a pass-first offense. It's a Jalen Hurts-first offense. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. That's what it is. And those zone read mechanics, everything is built off that. Everything. So things get really muddy when the Eagles can't do that. That's, that is very fair. And the other thing about the way I described it, running the ball down the uh, Giants' throats, Miles Sanders was great that day. Put up a buck 44. And truth be told, Miles just has not looked the same the last couple of weeks. We know that he's got an, a knee thing, uh, wearing a brace all week in practice, takes the brace off for the game on Sunday, but just hasn't seemed to have the burst that he had going back to that first giant game this year. Is that something we can judge early on in the game? Can we, can we zero in a miles carrier to and go, all right, miles is miles. We, you and I are sitting there and we're in complete agreement. If Jalen hurts is Jalen hurts. Eagles are going to win this game. Mm, can we say it will be a difference maker if miles Sanders is miles Sanders because Miles Sanders hasn't been Miles Sanders, if that's making any sense, what I'm saying. I think true Eagle fans no, know exactly the is. point I'm making. I, I think, you know, that's one of the things. The Eagles kept that under wraps. They tried to keep it under wraps. Uh, Miles got mad at me, in fact, because I saw the brace in the locker room. Uh, and he wasn't himself. And so a lot of people are saying, why aren't they giving the ball to Miles? He was on a pitch count. He was on a pitch count because – he was dealing with a knee injury. Now he ditched um, he ditched the brace for week 18, so I can't imagine it's going to be back after he's gotten some rest. Uh, but is he going to be his typical self? I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, you go back to that first Giants game, you know, he, he had the big game, as you mentioned. But Jalen Hurts, 7 for 77 running the football. You know, his – the threat of him pulling it, and Miles admits this, it, it, it creates so much space for the running backs. Boston Scott had a big day, as he always does against the Giants. By the way, I think the Eagles like that. I think they trolled the Giants a little bit, so expect the Boston Scott touchdown at some point in this game. Um, man, Jalen makes it easier for everybody. Uh, so that, that, to me, is, is the key. And I'm going to keep harping on it because it's more important. If they're just handing the ball off to Miles Sanders, it's not going to be as effective, even if he's 100% healthy. Right. If they take the zone read out, he's not going to be as effective. Does it play both ways, though, um, with the teams that uh, the Eagles got beat by? That's right. Sorry, Eagle fans got beat by the Cowboys. And, and I guess – the only game that really matters is this past one against the Giants because when Gardner Minshew is in there, it's basically a different offense. They 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 try and keep certain things in place, but they just know they're not going to work the same when Gardner Minshew is making the decision 
to uh, hand it or pull it. It's uh, the other defense is just not going to react the same way as if it's Jalen Hurts that's doing it. Um, but if Miles Sanders is not a hundred percent, does that make putting Jalen Hurts? If the Eagles are reading into this that we're still in quasi protection mode of Jalen Hurts, because winning this game this week against the Giants is big, and certainly the Eagles want to do it. All Eagle fans want to see them do it. But then they want to be ready to take on San Francisco or Dallas. And yes, sorry, Dallas fans. I think it's going to be San Francisco the week after. And then if they win that game, they want to take the shot against any AFC team that's coming their way. So you can't just say, we're pushing all the chips, taking every risk with Jalen Hurts this week. Well, you might get a win. And then all of a sudden, Gardner Minshew's back in playing quarterback in the Ooh, NFC Championship oh, oh, game. Don't say that, Joe. I have to uh, at least. Uh, pose the possibility how much protection will the eagles do i know i know it's an unfair question to ask you or anybody other than uh, nick sirianni shane steichen and jalen hurts how much protecting do they have to do of him this week or can you just say if we don't win this week there's no tomorrow we're not even contemplating san francisco or dallas we know who the two potential opponents are but hell no we gotta just uh keep 100% of focus and do everything we can to win this week against the Giants. Can the Eagles coaching staff do that? Um, yeah, and I think they will um, because, yeah, I mean, it, 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 to me, it's a pretty easy decision. You're you're not you, you can't legislate injuries anyway. You're not playing next week if you don't win this week. Um, so to me, it's a relatively easy decision. I think that's where the Eagles will come down uh on that sort of spectrum now the hope would be where he, things can change a little bit if you got a three touchdown lead in the in the in the third quarter well yeah then you could take it off the table and say all right yeah let's run inside zone let's take it out of his hands let's who cares um now even in the modern nfl where you see all the all, all the comebacks and all the scoring and looks like the big 12 out there you know, even 21 points seems uh, uh, precious at at this stage of the game. But I think you feel somewhat more comfortable uh, if you get a big lead and you could at least um, begin to to pull it back. And if something happens and all of a sudden the Giants get hot, you just go back to what you were doing that got you the big lead. So I think from that perspective, that's the hope. The hope is you got this game well in hand in the third quarter and you can kind of scale back a little bit from that standpoint. See, that's what bothers me about this game coming up against the giants, which I'm on record Eagle fans. I'm picking Eagles. How close to be determined. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that right here on birds 365 on, on Friday, but I, I, there, there's no scenario, no narrative I can come up with that tells me the giants will win this game on Sunday. That game, just how many ever days ago it was uh, that the Giants did get those two touchdowns late. Now, you put a little bit of it on the punter on a bad punt. True. You did give Kenny Galladay uh, credit for making a dynamite catch. Well, he was covered by big play Slay, right? And that's kind of why he's big play Slay. He's supposed to keep the other team's underachieving, highly paid, but underachieving wide receiver from being able to make that play. Those things did happen. So the, the McMullen up by three touchdowns, we can pull in the oars a little bit to protect Jalen Hurts. 
he accepted the Giants got two touchdowns in the fourth quarter against this defense just 10 days ago. So is a three-touchdown lead as safe as one would think it is when we just saw it to the contrary less than two weeks ago? No, certainly not. It's not what it once was in the NFL. I mean, I hope people were watching this weekend because the, the, the Eagles fans who criticized the defense of this team, you got to see some up-close defenses in this league, and it ain't pretty because we hold Slay up to this unrealistic standard, and I'm not just talking about you, Jody, because it's fans more than anybody else. Oh, he gave up a play. He gave up a play. There's not a cornerback in this stinking league that doesn't give up multiple plays in just about every game and you're, unless you're playing a really, really terrible offense. And to me, offense has to do with if you can block people in this league, you can score. And that's what makes the Eagles so effective. They have uh, offensive line. I don't care who you're lining up on defense. I don't care what scheme you have. If you can block people, you can score. In, in this league. And and it's almost become, and again, I don't think it's a very aesthetic game. I'm getting down the wormhole of the NFL as a whole. I don't think it's a very aesthetic game now because the way you have to play defense is affect the quarterback, get to the quarterback, or, or you're dead. And again, when we're talking about good quarterbacks, now, you know, there's, you're in some bad situations, uh, but we're seeing third string quarterbacks put up big numbers. Nothing against Brock Purdy again. Even and and if you're a big Brock Purdy fan, go to Skylar Thompson. I mean, these are third string quarterbacks. And and in previous generations of the NFL, if you were down to the third string quarterback, you were dead. You were dead in the water. But you can manufacture offense because it's so difficult to play defense in the NFL. And I think everybody saw it. You know, Daniel Jones, God bless his soul, he looked like. Joe Montana in his prime against that that Minnesota team. Guys are running wide open. San Francisco. Guys are running wide open. You saw it with Dallas. Blown coverages. That's supposed to be a good defense in Tampa Bay. And Todd Bowles is a great coach, defensive coach, not a great head coach. Great defensive. Guys are running wide open all over the league. So when Slay gets beat by a great catch, but he's right there in coverage, well, I'm not going to kill the guy for it. But, man, that's the Eagles standard, the Eagles fan standard. Well, I guess I'm an Eagles fan because I'm going to tell you that Darius Slay in the second half of this season has been nothing special. That's how I would describe his play. And here's where I hold him to that standard. When you name yourself big play Slay, when you go to the level of, I'd prefer you not to call me Darius, just call me big play, well, and when you are one of play. the highest paid cornerbacks in the National Football League, guess what, bud, Mr. Slay, whatever you want me to call you, we are going to hold you to a high standard. And, yes, you're supposed to make a play on that ball against Kenny Galladay. If you think that's me or any other Eagle fan saying, you guys are just too high, how can you expect Darius to play to this level? Darius is the one who expects him to play to that level. Darius carries that attention with him and calls it to himself and cashes that check. I don't think Eagle fans are, are wrong in any way, shape, or form to expect Darius play to play. They're like wrong. A smart they're wrong. They're wrong from a contextual standpoint. That's where they're wrong, Jody. But by the way, Darius, and he'll kill me for that if he's hopefully he's watching the slow uh, uh, show, but Slay. 
he says call, he he wants to be called Slay. He doesn't like the name Darius. He I I've never heard any him said tell anybody to say call him Big Play. Now that's his nickname. I'm not saying he doesn't embrace his nickname, but would you prefer a cornerback of all positions to not have confidence? I mean, he's got a lot of stinking confidence. To me, that's part of what makes him a great player. Um, I, cornerbacks who don't have confidence, you're you're screwed because those guys are going to get beat, and those guys are going to get beat. And they're the ones who have to have the memory of the goldfish, the Ted Lasso saying. You gotta have a 10-second memory because if you hold getting beat by Kenny Galladay on a great catch and you say, What was me? and start kicking yourself, well, then you're in big stinking trouble. So from that standpoint, that's where and and contextually, that's where the Eagles fans have it wrong. Because again, and that's why I bring up the rest of the league. Did you see those defenses? Did you see those blown coverages? Now, the Eagles have them as well, but not nearly as much. That's all I'm trying to say when I say the standard is ridiculous here. There, it's, it's all over the league. The Chargers, Asante Samuel played one of the greatest first halves you're ever going to see from a cornerback, ever. And, 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 and it fell apart in the second half. It is really hard to play defense in the modern NFL. It's really hard to play corner. And again, over a full season, I don't, I don't know what the, the number is. I can look it up. I'll try to look it up. The passer rating he allowed, uh, Darius uh, Slay. It, it, it's better than the worst quarterback in the league. In other yeah, words, well, the I worst know, quarterback but, in the league. But it got worse over the course of the season. And I will absolutely agree with you that Darius Big Play Slay is one of the best cornerbacks in the National Football League. He's just the second best cornerback on the Eagles is the point that I'm trying to make. Because uh, Well, that's not true either from this perspective. And Bradbury's been, you know, uh, phenomenal. There's more on Slay's plate. And, I and, and they play zone ninety percent of the time. I was there more on They they play, they play quarters. They play cover six. They play cover eight. But a lot of it is matchup zone. Go back to the Minnesota game early in the season with Jefferson. All right, who was responsible? Do, do me a favor, just zone. for the people's edification. Explain matchup zone. It, it, it's 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 quarters, but it has man principles. It's cover six, but it has man principles. So. And Gannon talks about this all the time. Like, if you just play cover two, that's what people think of as zone. That's pretty much just a zone. But there's a lot of times, and this is what happens with this Fangio defense, which drives me insane, because you have so many blown coverages. It's because there's so much uh, communication between coverage shifts, and you see, especially younger players, you see them making mistakes and dropping receivers and not being getting to their landmarks where they're supposed to be. But a lot of the Eagles zones have, have man principles, but they're still zone defenses by definition. And a lot of them don't. And, and it's hard to differentiate, to be honest, until you talk to the coaches and say, what is this play? What is this play? What was this designed to do? I, I go back to the third and 30. Uh, that was Tampa two sink. Uh, a defense and they made a mistake because they, they expected they, they stunk all right on that one. 
<laughs> not not stink, Tampa Bay sink. And and basically what it is is an, an inverted cover two where instead of the safeties playing coverage, they they come up. In this case, it was Reed Blankenship. It was only half of the field. It wasn't both halves. He comes up, and Josiah Scott was supposed to race back to his landmark. Jonathan Gannon got too cute, to be honest. Uh, he knows it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, he, and he made a mistake, and that's he was the first to say he made a mistake. He probably should have just played cover, too. But, it, it, you know, it really is complicated and probably too complicated, to be honest, and more so with other defenses because you saw it. By the way, you know who plays the big Fangio-inspired scheme? Minnesota. You know who plays it? The Chargers. You see those defenses? I mean, it, it's just poor coverage, blown coverage. They shouldn't be playing this defense. The Eagles have done it well. I'm not in love with the scheme. You know I say that all the time, Jody. By the way, I think when Vic Fangio comes back, I don't even think he plays the scheme because I think he's too smart and too many teams do it and too many teams play it poorly. I think he ships it up. Uh, I really well, believe don't, that. Don't the Eagles shift it up? As you're just telling me, they play this zone defense, but it has man kip and his uh, Tampa 10. Uh, isn't that like, tampering with the uh, type of defense that they play isn't it multifaceted when, when do you say it's not that type of defense when you have all these different ways that it, you can well there's uh, too much there's too much in my estimation there's too many there's too many coverages there's too much especially for younger players to digest and handle effectively uh you know when Vic was at his height in Chicago with it he had great players you know, I mean, show me a good coach. I'll show you great players. Uh, Nick Sirianni says it all the time. He had Khalil Mack and Leonard Floyd. Uh, uh, you know, um, their corners were good. Their safeties were good. Uh, they had everything to put this thing into place, and they understood the defense, and they played it well. By the way, they didn't even win, but they played it really well. Um, when he got to Denver, they had some talent, but not nearly as good. Um and, and here with the Eagles, it's sort of in between. They got a lot of talent. They play at the best of anybody. I don't like it. There's too much. There's Fair too enough. much. But uh, And I got this from John McMullen. James Bradbury, one of the most savvy players. Oh, ever seen God, yeah. He's a big part of the history. success. But so is Slay. That's why I say Darius Big Play Slay, second best cornerback on the Philadelphia Eagles because the savvy counts. And the savvy made James Bradbury the best cornerback on the Eagles this year. All right, Mac guys, we're going to take quickie timeout. Les Bowen just texted me and said he's so sorry. He misset his alarm. He's going to hop on. We'll take a quick timeout. We'll punch up Les. Also, we've got uh, Hunter Brody from the best show ever uh, hopping on a little bit. So you got two good guests yet coming your way here on Birds 365.
Yeah, you got back and back. I'm Colin and Jordan McDonald, but we add to the mix. Longtime Eagles beat guy, uh, Les Bowen, who apologized. Oh, Joe, I can't believe I ever slept on you, Joe. Well, we got you now, Les. That's the only thing that matters. Appreciate you jumping on board for a couple of minutes. What kind of health is Jalen Hurts going to be in on Saturday? Yeah, like you know, we're all we're all sitting here just wondering and speculating. Maybe you got a better crystal ball than either me or Johnny Mac. Uh, it, the it, it's encouraging. I think that uh, there seems to be a good bit of healing that's gone on. Uh, I don't think he was very healthy for that last regular season game, and I think it became apparent, you know, the way they talked about it afterwards that, that he really, it would have been really nice if they'd uh, locked things up a week earlier or so and and not had to play him in that game. But I I do think he's going to be functional. I don't know if he's going to be peak Jalen Hurts, but I, I think he'll be able to run their offense better than they were in that last game against the backups of the Giants, which, as we all know, it wasn't great. Uh, yeah, you're right. I was a little surprised, Les, that Nick Sirianni, of all people, admitted uh, Jalen was hurting like hell. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, are they playing some 3D chess here? And maybe we'll see uh, uh, healthy Jalen Hurts in the playoffs? Or what is going on that Nick Sirianni – because we know Wink Martindale, and he changed mm-hmm. up uh, to his credit against Minnesota's sort of bracket. Uh, Justin Jefferson blitz less than he has all season. I don't think that's going to happen this week. There's a target on that shoulder, and I don't want to infer that the Giants are going to do something untoward, but they want to hit Jalen Hurts. Yeah, Are the Eagles sort of playing 3D chess, and, and we're going to see a really – Typical gym. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hurts. That I hope so. Uh, I did hear initially that it was like a four to six week injury. You know, yeah. Uh, who can say without really, you know, knowing what his test showed and and all that stuff? You, there's no way to really know how serious the injury is. It, but I do think from practice last week and from what players are saying that he's in better shape than he was and uh, how he takes a hit, what they're going to do to numb it, how much you can numb it and still be you know, able to do the things he needs to do with his throwing shoulder. Uh, these are all things that are going to be very interesting to see, I think, as we move towards Saturday. 
Les, we know it all starts with the head coach. Mm-hmm. But their entire staffs, we know that uh, how important coaching is in the National Football League. For me, it's the most important coached game, more so than baseball mm-hmm. or basketball or hockey. Um, who's got the better coaching staff? The Philadelphia Eagles or the New York mm-hmm. Giants? Mm-hmm. You know, I think if you'd asked that question a month ago, nobody would have even given the Giants a nod on that. But recency bias, I guess. Uh, everybody was very impressed with their playoff win. And, and you know, they went into Minnesota and and beat a team that had a much better record. And Brian Dable certainly has turned things around there the way, you know, uh, the way Sirianni did here last year. Um, they do have a good coaching staff. They do uh, make the most of their talent. I don't think they have nearly as much talent as the Eagles. Uh, I I think it's very close. Uh, I think, you know, Nick established a culture here very quickly that I think uh, is an excellent culture. And obviously his coordinators are being interviewed for head coaching jobs elsewhere. Uh, his defensive backs coach, Denard Wilson, is being considered for uh, a, a D coordinator job elsewhere. Uh, you know, these are the Eagles have a very good coaching staff, uh, but the Giants do, too. And I really like uh, Dable's approach. I like, you know, it, it was probably hard to turn that around in New York because it's been a while. You know, since anybody had done anything, wasn't with the Eagles, these last two coaches that have come in have have done that really the last three, I guess. But it was only like a one year lull or a two year lull that the Eagles had before a new coach came in. The Giants have been floundering for quite a while. And uh, to to get them going the way they have to get Daniel Jones going the way he is, I think is a considerable point. a considerable uh, accomplishment. And I think, uh, I think it's pretty even really. I I don't think either coaching staff has a huge edge this week. Yeah, I think it's a very good staff and you're right. Brian Dable did a tremendous job on what, let's face it, since the Giants fired um, Tom Coughlin, Jerry Reese, essentially, they've made bad decision after bad decision, just run through coaches and they finally seem to have gotten it right. Our old buddy Mike Kapka is the offensive coordinator. He's yeah. getting head coaching uh, interviews. Everybody knows how good Wink Martindale is. They have a very good staff. But, you know, I always joke, Les, you can talk yourself into things in the NFL mm-hmm. because there's so much time in between games. And everybody's got good players. The Giants have good players. But the Eagles have more good players. Yeah. And the emotion – I think that was the Giants' first playoff win in 11 years, yes. I believe. Um, it's been a long time. The emotion of going on the road and then having to do it again on a short week, granted, it's a short trip. Over the last 10 playoff seasons, less, there have been 22 lesser-seeded teams pulling off the upset in the wild-card round. They're 4-18. and 18. Is it yeah. that simple as, you know, this is a good spot for the Eagles. Yeah, I, well, I think Dallas's game last night should be comforting to Eagles fans because Dallas came into the playoffs looking, you know, like it was in disarray with that 
terrible game against Washington to end its season. And But last night, you know, I kept saying all week, gee, would, I, I kind of want to pull for Tom Brady a little bit, but Dallas is so much better. And that's what we saw last night. You know, the better team won. I mean, it yeah. didn't matter that, uh, you know, that they never beaten Brady or that, uh, you know, they hadn't won a playoff game on, on the road in a long time or anything like that. The better team won, you know, and I, I really think that's what will happen Saturday. But these injuries do lend a sort of yeah, not just Hurts injury, but Lane Johnson's and Devontae Maddox's and, you know, all the other injuries they have uh, kind of lend a little bit of uh, a mystery to it. But the Eagles should win this. Yes. Unless the Eagles and the Giants played twice in the last six weeks of the season, or six weeks from now, uh, going back. Sort of. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they haven't even played twice, really. Right. Because uh, <laughs> that's game. my point. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, if, if you go back to the game in New York, when both mm-hmm. teams were using all their players mm-hmm. who were physically capable of getting out there on the field, Daniel Jones rushed it four times for twenty-six yards. He had one. Uh, good run, 17-yard gain, but the other, uh, not so much. He was a weapon against the Vikings last week. Jones is probably the quarterback that they faced this year that you should have the most respect for in the running game. How big a weapon is he and his legs this Saturday against Eagles? I was really impressed by what he did against Minnesota. I wasn't quite expecting that. I knew he could do it, but you know, their offense early in that game was it, it was like watching Jalen Hurts, you know, uh, in one of those games where he really uses his legs a lot. They they really depended on Daniel Jones to move the chains quite a bit. Uh, will they be able to do that against the Eagles? I kind of doubt it. Minnesota's defense stinks. Bad, uh, bad you know, that's <laughs> one thing you kind of have to take, you know, into account here is who they were playing. Um if he can do that against the Eagles, maybe the Eagles are in a little bit of trouble. Uh, but he is a good quarterback, and the Giants are healthier than they were when they got blown out by the Eagles. That forty-eight to twenty-two game wasn't even as close as the score. Wow. You know, it was the biggest Eagles blowout of the season, I thought. And uh, you know, I don't know if they're going to be playing at that level, but I, I do think the Giants are a better team. They've gotten some people back and they've discovered some people that they weren't playing much at that point. And, you know, I, I took a much closer game than 48-22, but I still like the Eagles. Uh, Les, you kind of alluded to um, the, the, the Eagles and Giants really – uh, haven't even played twice, but you know, mm-hmm. you hear that trope. One, one of my pet peeves, yeah. it's hard to beat a team three times in the NFL. I yeah. think people hear it so much. They just default to it and believe it. The numbers say the opposite, right? If you're that good, uh, you're probably going to beat the other team again because you're yeah. better than the other team. And on the road in those types of situations in the Super Bowl era, 13 and six, the team finishes the sweep. That's a 684 winning percentage, which yes. is pretty good in the playoffs because your playoff teams, that is a pretty good number. Um, any inkling at all that it's tougher to beat a team the third time? I've never thought that. Uh, 
back in the days of the Andy Reid Eagles, uh, that situation would come up a few times. Uh, you know, I, I never gave it much credence. Uh, as you say, the numbers don't bear it out. Uh, and the bigger point, which you started out with there, I, I just maintain they haven't really played twice. The, the Giants yeah. played their backups. The Eagles played in house slippers, you know, trying to sort of <laughs> tiptoe through like that, that game, I which I would not have place. done. You I, know, like I don't get – do you guys get the we didn't want to show the Giants anything? No. You've no. played 17 regular no. season games. No. What have you not showed them? Yeah. <laughs> That's not going to be on film. Do they only watch the film of that one game to prepare? I just, what the hell? I, yeah. I would it's have played that one. game very yeah. differently. I would have tried to stomp their their backups and just leave no doubt about it. But, you know, it worked out for the Eagles. Uh, you know, it might not have if uh, they, they did have to recover an onside kick to win the game. But, you know, against the backups. But, uh, you know. It, I don't think either. I don't think that game counts much. I don't think either team, you know, is what it showed in that game. All right, last uh, last question for me: If someone like John McMullen, big money guy that he is, uh, just gave you a hundred thousand dollars and said, "Let's bet this on whatever team you think is winning this week in the NFL. No point spreads involved. Just pick the winner. You got to bet it. You can't put it in your pocket." But if you cash the ticket, then you get to keep the $200,000. If you got one winner this weekend in the NFL playoffs, who is it? Boy, I haven't given that any thought, Jody. You're putting me on the spot. Yeah, you know, yeah. it might be San that's Francisco. What you get, that's what we get for oversleeping less. You got to be know. prepped and ready to go there, yes. big guy. I should have been dreaming about this. This is what happens <laughs> when you get old, retired people to come on this show. Uh, uh, maybe San Francisco. You know, the, the, the Eagles would be very tempting. But I, we are talking about point spreads here, right? I mean, you, you're not just taking no, just the winner. Just the, oh, the team's okay. going to win the game. No point spreads. Well, I'll take the Eagles then. You know, it, if we're doing point spreads, I would take the 49ers because I think it's like three or four points starting yeah, out. Four. Yeah, I think four they're a much better team than Dallas. But you know, uh, I, I I will take the Eagles straight up. Okay. Yeah, that's good. I, I, I will tell this, at Les Bowen, by the way, follow Les on Twitter. If you're going to bet uh, the hundred grand, uh, put it uh, on Boston Scott scoring a touchdown, because that's yeah. going to happen. I think the Eagles like trolling the Giants with the Boston Scott touchdown. So they'll get to the one-yard line. They'll trot Boston Scott out there to get his touchdown. Bet the house yeah, on by, Boston. By the way, when I Good when point. I bet that and cashed that ticket last game in the Eagles against the Giants backups, got three to one. There's no way mm. you're getting three to one this time. It, it has become so talked about and such a known. And as John said, the Eagles kind of play to it. You're not getting three to one this time. Man, if Boston no. Scott gets a touchdown, be lucky if you get two to one. All right, uh, let's where you watching the game on Saturday. You're gonna be home. Or you're gonna be down the stadium. Oh, I'll probably be home. I haven't. Nice. Uh, I don't have a gig, so. Uh... You know, I'll probably be yelling at them from my couch, uh, like like many people. Does, does Mrs. Bowen come in and go, can you keep it down a little bit there, bud? No, she gets into it as well. But, uh, you know, I like to yell at the announcers, and she gets uh, upset with me about that. She she does not All want right, to since, since you went there, what was yeah. your take on Al Michaels the other night in the game that the Jaguars walked off? 
Oh, brother, that that was just, you know, I'm in, I'm sensitive to when people say, oh, he's an old guy. He should hang it up, you know, because I'm not a young guy. I'm going to be 67 soon. But that was there are several things there. One is. He, I don't know if, he, if they're doing a good job with spotters for him or not, but he doesn't seem to really penalties and things like that. Or he, he you watch Tarico, and he knows, you know, what the penalty was before the referee announces it, you know, and and he's he's guiding the viewer in the right direction. Al Michaels at the end of that game on that field goal ruined the the Jaguars moment because he's screaming there's a flag down there's a flag down there's a flag down (laughs) like he desperately wants this not to count and I everybody it's it's got to be offside it's a it's a field goal what is the offense going to do if the offense does anything that's a flag they blow the whistle blow the whistle yeah and then the referees are waving their arms well they're not and, you know, obviously you're going to try to block or trying to get any edge you can, you know, as the defensive team. So you're going to go offside. It was obvious to everybody what the flag was. And he wouldn't, you know, it was, there was no wonder that the, no wonderment and no sense of joy that the Jaguars had pulled off this huge upset. It was all yeah. about the flag that was down. And this is true of him, you know. He, he doesn't get that teams go for it on fourth down now. You know, it's and that's endemic, I think, to almost all announcers, even Aikman last night. You know, oh, yeah. nobody seems to grasp, you know, that I don't know if they don't ever read any stories about this or if they don't take into account what they saw the week before, you know, but it's like it's years of this now, and yeah. nobody seems to have changed their. The only people who haven't changed their minds are the announcers on this. Everybody else understands what's yeah, going on. Everybody else, yeah. Well, Al, Rex just, Ryan was just killing. Uh, he has a real uh, hard time with a lot of things. And he needs, at the very least, he needs more help, you know, in his ear. Yeah, he gets he's oh, getting, hey, I guess. And oh, by the way, he yeah. gets no hope from uh, the ex Colts Bucks coach. I'm sorry, Tony. Yeah. He might be the nicest yeah, guy on the face nice. of the planet. He could put us an insomniac to sleep. Well, there was he no could. ageism last night with Brady and Jason Peters out there, but uh, of course, Jason didn't finish the game. But God bless yeah. him, starting in shock the shock. Jason came up lame. Uh, Les, we appreciate you uh, jumping in with us here for a quick spot. We got another guest coming. Thank you for doing so. Hopefully the Eagles get on a nice, long, extensive run and we get you back on soon enough, bud. Yes. Well, sorry to be tardy, but thanks very much. Thanks, You Les. got it. No, thank you. That is Les Bowen, longtime Eagle Beat reporter. All right, coming up next, we're going a little bit of a different direction. A guy who talks rather than writes Eagles on a day-in, day-out basis as the co-host of the greatest show ever. Hunter Brody's going to jump aboard with us here on Birds 
Hi, I'm Jim Muehlbronner, Managing Partner at DelVal Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds! Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to ocean. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Got your Mega Mac guys here on Birds 365. We are joined by Honor Broads. Hey, Broads, from the best show ever. It's been a couple of minutes, Broads. How you been? I've been good. What's happening? I'm using my phone, by the way. Does this sound okay? Oh, yeah. Sounds great. Okay, uh, this, cool. Uh, uh, amazing world for our phones. Perfect video, perfect audio. Oh, uh, beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, now, I want to get your thoughts because you get to talk to the constituency of this city all the time, Hunter yes. Brody. Uh, where are we on the angst level? Uh, are, are people and how many times, by the way, have you heard? Uh, it's tough to beat a team three times. Oh, oh yeah, I mean every caller <laughs> opens up with that one. See, the thing is, yesterday the good old Philadelphia Flyers played a game at one. And that yeah. ended at four. So we only had about a two-hour span to catch the feel of, uh, of the fan base. So I think today will be a better tell. But I think there's some nerves out there. We put up a Twitter poll. It was about 60% felt good. 40% was feeling a little bit nervous about it. I think this is great. Look, other than Seattle, this was the best situation you could have got. So yeah. I, I don't yeah, get I the – yeah. I, don't I get think it's fear. even better than Seattle because Seattle has more weapons. So you never know if – Chino gets hot, TK Metcalf, uh, Tyler Lockett. I love that running back, the young running back. Now, he's not Barkley, but they have more weapons throwing the football. So when this started, Hunter, I said, Giants are probably the best first-round matchup for the Eagles. 
no question in my mind. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you, you brought in Sue and you brought in Joseph for a reason earlier in the year to help stop the run, and if you could stop Saquon Barkley and force Daniel Jones to beat you with his arm, and, you know, I know he's been utilizing his legs a little bit, but I don't think that him alone, if you take away Barkley, is going to be enough to beat you. And honestly, even if Barkley does do a little bit of something, I, I look at this matchup and I think the Eagles can overpower them as long as they do what they're supposed to do. All right, I'll do the devil's advocate thing for you. Um These two teams played in this stadium that they'll be playing again on Saturday just 10 days ago. And the Eagle that got the game ball for biggest contribution to the win was probably Jake Elliott and his five field goals. The Giants are actually going to be adding to their defense that continued to force the Eagles into kicking field goals the other day with guys who were either rested or out and injured and hurt. How do we not? How do we not know that this isn't another field goal fest for the Philadelphia Eagles? I have to think that there's a correlation between Jalen Hurts taking snaps again for the first time since the injury, and maybe the lack of creativity in the red zone. Jalen Hurts in the red zone and this offense and what they can do when Hurts was healthy was phenomenal and sensational. And I would have to imagine that part of why maybe things stalled out a little bit and didn't look as perfect was. Let's get Jalen Hurts out there. Let him throw a little bit. We're just going to keep it vanilla. We're not going to do anything crazy, put anything on tape. And I'd be stunned, I guess, to kind of answer the question. I'd be stunned if you see a similar game plan and calls that we saw in that Week 18 game that we see here this upcoming week. I just I don't think that that's what Steichen and Sirianni is going to do. And I think you'll see a little bit more of that success that we saw when Jalen Hurts didn't have that shoulder injury this upcoming week. Maybe I'm crazy to think that way, though. I don't think you're crazy. I think we're going to get the normal Eagles game plan. I think the zone read mechanics are going to be back on the table. But now here's my concern, Hunter. Jalen Hurts is not 100%. He's yeah. not going to be 100% until this run is over, whenever that is. Um, the Giants are the Giants. And, and Wink Martindale changed it up through a curveball at Minnesota to try to deal with uh, – Justin Jefferson, they did a tremendous job. But they're going to be back to what they are against the Eagles, and that means blitz, 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 blitz. And there's going to be a target on Jalen Hurts' shoulder. Say Kayvon Thibodeau gets loose, bang, tackle on the shoulder. Nothing untoward. I'm not saying they're going to take shots at him from that perspective, but how concerned are you about that? Yeah, I mean, look, it's reality of the sport, right? It's football. Things happen. Um, but I think that you have uh, – we all know it, right? No one's going to be shocked that they're going to send guys at Jalen Hurts' direction. So I think at that point it's on Hurts, of course, in-game to make the right decisions when it's happening. But, you know, Sirianni and Steichen and everybody else involved need to be ready for the moment and match that. We know what they're going to do. They're not going to just surprise – they're going to send pressure at Jalen Hurts. So I think it's all week long you had the preparation to make sure – you know, that you put yourself in the best position to make sure that that doesn't happen. Now, of course, guys are going to win their one-on-one matchups. Guys are going to make plays out there for the Giants. But, um, you know, you, that's football. You're gonna, you just you kind of have to kind of just try and counter that as much as humanly possible and be prepared for it. One of the things we saw in the Giants-Vikings matchup the other day, as John pointed out, less blitzing, which is completely flying in the face of what the Giants defensive coordinator has done for his entire career. So give him the credit for adjusting to it. But, and they wanted to try and limit 
Jefferson. You can't completely shut down Jefferson, but limit him. And they did. So TJ Hawkinson went for like a buck 25. Oh, by the way, and uh, the, the quarterback got too comfortable throwing to him because he threw up to him on a four-yard pass when you needed fourth and eighth, needed eight yards. By and the got, way. Shockingly, the shockingly, Hawkinson was open. He was open all freaking day. Of course, they're going to let him be open if he wants to break off the pattern at yeah. four yards on fourth and eight, idiots. Before um, you go on, that was an awful, awful. I have to rip Kevin O'Connell. Uh, you know, next gen, a bunch of people put the next gen stats. I don't know if you saw it, but they showed the sort of the X's and O's of the play developing. That was a fourth and eight play. He's got he's got Adam Thielen running an out twenty five yards down the field. Justin Jefferson running an out twenty five yards down the field on the other side, and he's got nobody to throw. That was look. Cousins has got to throw the ball up. Throw it up to Jefferson. Maybe it happened. I'm not excusing him, but that was an awful play call by the head coach in the biggest spot of the season. And I thought we saw both young coaches who everybody loves, Mike McDaniel as well in Miami. They just imploded and they're bogged down with the play calling. Sorry, that's my pet peeve. CEO coaches forever. I just wanted to say that, but uh, what was Jody asking me? I had to get that off. How, had how big a game is Dallas Goddard going to have? If, if P.J. Hawkinson could go for there a plus go. 25, how big could Goddard be this week against the Giant defense? Absolutely. I think he was licking his chops, realizing that there was a good opportunity for sure. But um, I, I think the one thing, uh, you talk about Jefferson and all, and, and obviously the talent that he is, but you know, just the fact that there's so much here to cover. If you take away A.J. Brown, I'm just saying, then you have Devontae Smith, you have Goddard. Miles Sanders obviously is a weapon in, in the run game. There's just so much more in regards to depth on what the Eagles provide compared to the Minnesota Vikings. So, uh, But, yeah, I mean, I, I do think that that's something that you have a big opportunity for sure is Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard, get him the football, let him run. Some, you know what I love? I love the screen that works for him. You get him the football, he's making oh, it yeah. happen. Yeah. So I think that there's definitely a golden opportunity for him to thrive without a doubt. And, you know, maybe if you get him the ball quick, that can help out Jalen Hurts too. feel comfortable getting the rhythm, um, finding his targets nice and early. So I'm fascinated. I got a lot of belief in the offensive coaching staff. I know some fans maybe over the last few weeks with the Gardner Minshew debacle and, and that final game are worried about the play calling from Nick and, and Shane Steichen specifically. But my fear is, is, uh, you know, Gannon side of things. And I know he gets a lot of heat, but just for me is I don't want Daniel Jones to feel comfortable and get in the rhythm on his end. You know, if, if they're going to play so far off, he can make five-yard throws, six-yard throws. Andy Dalton didn't miss a pass until that final throw of that first half when they played the Saints. I can't have that happen with the Giants, even though they only allowed 13 points in that game um, as the defense. But that is like... If there is something to go wrong, I think that might be the one. All right, let's go down that path then, Hunter. Um, I will point to the defenses around the NFL over the wild card weekend. Did anybody get any context from that? It is tough to play defense in the NFL these days. You see the big comeback uh, uh, by the, the our, our buddy Dougie, Doug Dougie, and the Jags. You see third-string quarterbacks lighten it up like it's a, a fireworks display against these defenses. You know, Eagles are pretty good when you put them up against that. 
are people too harsh on Jonathan Gannon? I know I'm definitely one of the, here's the thing is this is where I'm torn. Uh, I know like 90% of what Jonathan get at 95 is working. You look at what the numbers say, the sacks, uh, the, just the statistics all around the defense. It is, it has a lot of tremendous value. That's great. And then there's that 5% that just irritates me that I can't get out of my head. So I know it works. And I know that there's times where even if guys are completing a ton of passes, if they don't make it in the end zone and they're kicking for three, uh, then, you know, it's still a success at the end of the day because you're not going to win by just kicking field goals. It works. So that's where I'm kind of torn. It's like, I don't like the style. and the Oh, exactly. Yeah. People and I don't like the style. And I, I agree with them. I don't like it either. Yeah. But they do it better than everybody else. No, I think that's fair. It's like something that irritated me, for example, is going back to that Saints game. You're at home, and I'm okay with not having the ball first. I'm not one of those get the ball first, go down and score kind of thing. Like, I'm fine with the whole – but a nine-minute drive at the link, it sucks the life out of the building. Andy Dalton doesn't miss a pass until pretty much halftime. It's like, dude, and, and I get it. If Minshew just played below average football, you still probably win that game. He just played the worst football I've ever seen. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. you still probably could have won even if he was just a below average quarterback that day. But, yeah, it's like that type of stuff. I just I, – I can't get it out of my head, even though – I'm willing to admit that Gannon has clearly done a great job this season. Those type of details, it's pissed me off. And yeah. as a guy who gets a chance to talk to the Philadelphia fans, Hunter, like yourself, and you know I do too, the thing that I would more second-guess Gannon on, the Eagle fans come down heavily on the blitz. Blitz, blitz, blitz. You got to blitz. We never blitz. Why don't we blitz? If we blitz, we kill the quarterback. Yeah. For me, where Gannon comes up short is, yeah, he's so committed to his zone defense, even though John told me earlier that, but they have man concepts, but they're zones. And most times when they're in zones, they're not playing press. Press means up in a guy's face, contest them on the line of scrimmage. That's a man-to-man defense. And he so infrequently plays that. I think you could play that and play it successfully against the Giants. Because really, do you really think uh, Richie is going to get by you? Darius Slayton going to get a 60-yard catch. What's his name? Uh, Galladay got his one play. It's over. The Galladay 60-yard pass is not happening this week. I'm not worried about that a little bit. Do you think there's any chance Gannon actually lets his cornerbacks get up and press this week? Probably not if we're just basing it off of what we've seen. But I agree. I always wonder, what does Darius Slay think? Of this game, just if he could, if he could be a hundred percent honest, he goes home after practice or whatever. He speaks to his wife. I wonder what he says. Like, does he is he thrilled? And you know, I know a big part of this too is I think once you lost C.J. Gardner Johnson, um, you know, things Josiah Scott. I guess for me too, another thing, just going back to Gannon is whenever there's one, you lose Avante Maddox or one thing changes. I think he plays so much more scared. He plays so much more timid because one person goes down, which I get it. I mean, you're a different team with CJ Gardner Johnson and Avante Maddox on the field compared to a Josiah Scott, as we saw. But, you know, I think that that's something that he might have to push a little bit more, push to be uncomfortable because you still have so much lethal talent out there. But I think it kind of puts the wall up back against the wall mentality when one guy goes down like that. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of have to see it before I believe it kind of thing. But I'm with you. I mean, there's so much talent in the secondary. I, I, 
are you are you maximizing Darius Slay? Like we talk about this second half isn't as strong oh, as maybe you guys a previous. Are tough, man. I'm just you guys saying, are, tough. are you maximizing man. Slay? Can you get more man. out of him? I think you can. Man, what what uh, what do you do with you know if you're playing press? Now I got to defend Jonathan. Again. I, uh, what do you what do you do uh, if you're getting home with four? Right? What do you do with the other three covers guy? What are they doing? You know, if you're gonna play press man, what are, what what are you doing? If you get home with four, that's the whole point of getting home with four. You got seven guys to to cover a bunch uh, a, a lesser group of receivers. It's a math equation. The whole goal of every coordinator, even Wink Martindale, by the way, is to get home with four. If you can get home with four, the problem is most teams can't get home with four as often as the Eagles. I don't know, boy. You well, guys, all I'm yeah, asking yeah, for is just tighter coverage. Just some, I don't, I can't have seven. So yards you want more separation. zone match? You want more zone match, which the Eagles do, and they do a lot of, but yeah, you know, and they do it more effectively than everybody else. So I go back to your point, and I think this point, Hunter, of yours is right on the button. People don't hate Jonathan Gannon; they hate the style of defense. They don't like the style of defense. And that's where I'm 100% on board. It's not fun. It's not, it, it, it's boring, but it's effective, at least for the Eagles. And that's why it's hard for me to argue because it's like, I know when I do bitch and complain, I'm bitching and complaining about 5% of what the defense does. But I guess my question, because what we did, we know the team's good in all this. It's, we always find ourselves looking at what can go wrong. So then you start to really start looking at, well, is that going to end up being what ends up biting you in the ass kind of thing. And here's my only uh, knock on Gannon. You know, I'm a Gannon guy. I, John, I agree. He's a good, and he's probably going to become a head coach during this offseason. He will have earned it. But he is a little inflexible for me with the fact that he plays zone defense. Yes, I'm calling it zone defense, even if it's got man concepts. The fact that he doesn't let his corners get up and get physical is I'm sorry, I'm not afraid of Richie James. I'm not afraid of Darius Slayton. I'm not afraid of Isaiah Hodgins. This week beat me over the top. If the Eagles play the defense, they play. Because the biggest thing is don't give up chunk plays. Keep everybody in front of you and everybody tackles. Well, the only game they lost this year, legitimately lost, with their starting quarterback was because they let him take first downs all the way down the field and couldn't get off the field on third down. I don't want to see that happen to the Eagles again this week. I want to see them dare uh, Richie James and or Darius Slayton to, to blow by. Either. I like that. I say Hodgkin uh, Hodgins. Uh, I, I I don't sleep on him. He's a he's a pretty good player. Yeah, he can make some it. plays. Here here's yeah. a take for you though. I mean, like to a degree. I'm not telling you all the time, but you know, I know the big explosive plays is what they want to limit. I'm just saying, at, at some point, I, I would take a two-play touchdown drive for the other team over, like, a 12-play, yeah. eight-minute drive, you see, know? Now, I think people would be incensed by that. I think they would turn on a dime, Hunter, and they would be <laughs> they absolutely I, I, I'm with you on that one, Mac, man. Yeah. They give I, I think – What the hell are they doing? You know what else? <laughs> if, if you're playing man a lot – you got. You also have to hope. I think Cleet Blakeman's got the got the game this week. Uh, you got to hope that the the officiate the 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 officials are calling rub routes and things like that. 
Because if you got to step, if 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 you got if you got to worry about the officials, and everybody's running rubber routes about you because you're playing press coverage and they're essentially just blocking to get the player open. I don't like relying on zebras. That that that's part of the zone match theory as well. But let me let me ask both you guys this question because I watch this a lot. There's Sundays you're down, John, watching Eagle Pacific Hunter. You're trying to watch everything. I have to because I go on CBS Sports Radio and I got to talk about all the games. They're giving defensive backs more latitude. Second half of the season and in the playoffs, there were a whole bunch of plays where I thought, "Wow, last year that was an unquestioned pass interference penalty." I think they're actually letting the D-backs play here more. Second half of this season, first half of the Well, they usually let them play playoffs. more in the playoffs. They usually do. I they see. usually do. And but I thought you... that was the case last week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... for me, it's the illegal man downfield with an offensive lineman a half yard oh, too yeah. far. That's been yeah. the more frustrating one out of anything. Yeah, and that's part – that's kind of baked into what the Eagles do because they run so much zone read. Sometimes, yeah. you know, the the – the offensive lineman thinks it's a running play and all of a sudden uh, Jalen pulls it and you got an illegal man downfield. So you got to live with those things. But uh, overall, I do find it an interesting sort of uh, societal uh, almost study of, of how Eagles fans want aggression. They want aggression. They want aggression. They want aggression. At what cost though? I mean, you see AJ Brown, you, you saw it in the game against the Giants in week 18. Here comes Wink with the blitz. Bang. One-on-one, 50-50 ball. I think it was 37 yards down the field. Good luck corner uh, with some of these receivers. Now, Jody makes a good point, though. Richie James, he's played well. Isaiah Hodgins, I think, you know, he's sort of their Travis Fulgham. Hopefully he'll, he'll hold up more than Travis Fulgham. Darius Slayton can run a little bit. But, you know, compared to most NFL teams, those receivers shouldn't scare you. What should scare you about the New York Giants, personnel-wise? I think it starts with Saquon. Like, I I think if they establish Saquon Barkley, that kind of opens up some other options, some of the names that you kind of laid out there, whether it's through play action or maybe just Daniel Jones can can get a feel of the game a little bit more because they can get themselves in third and manageable, third and twos, things like that. So, I think it really does stem from the run game. I I think if the Eagles can slow down Saquon to the best of their ability, that can kind of eliminate maybe some of the playbook and then force Daniel Jones to be in third and 10 or maybe second and 13 if you get a sack or whatever it is. You stop them short of the line of scrimmage or whatnot. Um, You know, I know that might be a simple take there, but I think that's kind of where it is for for me because, as you mentioned, you look at – their offensive weaponry in the passing game, it's not like much scares me. So it starts with that run game. I think everything opens up from there. And Dan, Daniel Joe, what, he carried 17 times last week? Yeah. yeah. That's a bad defense, though. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. That would, I was going to say, you'll never duplicate that level of success that he had yeah. running the ball on, on this team. Yeah. Yeah. Big plays this year for, uh, which are 20 yards or more. Uh, Darius Slayton, 12. Richie James, three Isaiah Hodgins three and just in case you don't follow, I think he had four he, against Minnesota <laughs> oh, okay um AJ Brown 23 uh and uh Darius uh Devontae Smith 18 so the, that's the cop between the Eagles wide receivers and the Giants wide receivers so the answer to your question is yeah Daniel Jones with his legs 
do either of you buy the fact that the Eagles are well prepped? I've heard this put forth by Eagle fans. Hey, we can stop a running quarterback because we have to stop uh, our own guy in practice. That is the biggest bunch of malarkey I've ever heard. Yeah, they tackle real hard in practice. Yeah, they, they're taking Jalen Hurts to the ground and tackle. So they're going to be able to defend Daniel Jones. That's the answer to the question, John. Daniel Jones taking off and making yeah. plays with his legs. Eagles really haven't faced the QB. The one guy they did was Jones earlier in the, the, the season, and Eagles jumped out to an early lead, and that kind of came out of their playbook. So if the game's close at halftime, Daniel Jones making plays with his legs scares me. How about you, Hunter? I, I, I think maybe a play or two can happen throughout a game, but if you're telling me th if, if the game's over, I'd be stunned if we sit here and go, whew, the Eagles really lost that one because Daniel Jones tore him apart with their with his legs. I, I just don't know if that's a winning formula over the entirety of the game for them to win because of Daniel Jones and his legs. So I, I don't think it's enough, not with this defense and what they can do. Minnesota's defense – well, it oh. was it was oh. nice for Dayball oh. and them to get a win, and it's cool for the Giants. However, you want to look at it, it's a different beast playing what the Eagles have, especially yeah. at the link. So, I, I just I can't see that being the X. I'd be floored. I, I'd be stunned if all that's right. the if that's the game changer of it all. I just would be if he, if he runs it in twice. Just remember. Brody's like, nah, don't worry about Daniel Jones. Running. Well, if they're two, maybe if it's like a two yard run, you know what I'm saying? A little different. Yeah, I'm thinking of like the back breaking. Yeah, it's third it's and... gonna be the back breaking 70 yard run yeah. to turf at Lincoln Financial Field will get him anyway. That's right. That's that, that's so. right. Um, yeah, I joked about that Minnesota deal. Ed Donatel's been coaching since I think 1927. Uh, I mean, he's been around forever. I, I, they played 18 games. I still don't know what they're trying to accomplish defensively. That is one of the worst defenses I've ever seen. So I wouldn't be too concerned about what the Giants did offensively. However, defensively, they got some talent. Xavier McKinney's back, Dory Jackson's back. They weren't there uh, when the Eagles destroyed uh, the Giants at MetLife Stadium. They're good players. They're not great players. I don't want to overstate it. But when added to the mix, you know, Dexter Lawrence is a great player. Leonard yes. Williams is a great player. Uh, Julian Love is turning into a, a pretty good player. Eh, starting to get some talent. We mentioned Kayvon Thibodeau. Now, Aziz Ojolari got injured. We'll see how he is this week. But starting to get some talent on the defensive side of the ball. Does that uh, uh, make you press pause a little bit? Not really. I mean, because you're right. You're not wrong with anything you said. You're absolutely right with some of these names that you mentioned. But then I say A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas yeah. Goddard, Miles Sanders. You know, the health of Lane Johnson is in question. Um, but uh, maybe like a week ago, I thought he'd give it a go. And then eventually we see Jack Driscoll. Not because I'm questioning Lane Johnson the bird. I'm just thinking, like, it, it seems like it's that brutal of an injury. But then I watched him practice and, and moving his feet a little bit. I'm like, yeah, you know what? If there is a guy to surprise me with this, maybe it is Lane Johnson. But um, no, nah, I just I, I think we just at the end of the day, while they have some nice players and some above average players in certain spots, I think there's just too much that the Eagles have for them to be able to handle. I, I just I think this is a nice W for the bird. You open nah. up as a touchdown favorite. You know, if it was like, why do we all know? Not that Vegas is everything. But when the line opened for Minnesota, and it's Minnesota minus three, the standard basic line at home, 
with all those wins as a number three seed, here comes the Giants in your building, and the line is a basic three. I mean, it's it's crazy. It tells you everything you need to know. The Eagles are seven and a half, eight and a half in some places. Not that the line's everything, but I, I, well, I value that. that well, real quick, Hunter, now that you brought that up, what are the 49ers minus three and a half against Dallas? What does that tell you? Tells me Dallas has a shot. Tells yeah. me Dallas has a shot. Yeah. And, I saw that line. I thought the same thing. And I yeah. agreed with you with that Minnesota line. I'm yeah, like, but wow. they, they don't put the line out till after the game's over. And the Cowboys were impressive last night. So yeah. um, it's it, it, where I looked, it's already moved to four. And I think it could. Go yeah, I think I then. saw originally four. But still, even four is, you know, it still tells me Dallas has a shot. But I don't know. I don't know if yesterday was Dallas. Be, Dallas played well, obviously. But is Tampa that bad that they were able yeah, to kind of do whatever bad. they wanted to? I know. They're, they're that bad. I, I know. All right, I know. Last one for me. And John just ran uh, down the defensive backs, one corner, one safety, Jackson and uh, McKinney, who are back in the line, weren't there when the Eagles put up the 48 spot against them earlier this year. The slot, not a big Darnay Holmes fan. Are we going to have to bank on Quez Watkins making a play or two here in this oh, game? If you're, oh, if you're evaluating oh, oh, the other team oh. and where you think you can actually get an advantage, could this be a Quez game for the Eagles? Oh, man, I no really hope thing. not. Yeah, I'm I really sorry, hope. Hunter. I got to <laughs> jump in. No such thing. Yeah, Let's we have ahead. a theory on our show. It's yeah. less Quez Watkins is better than – yeah, it, it's the best thing for the Eagles is less Quez Watkins. I, I, I don't. I, I'm, I'm almost stunned in disbelief that I even have to. Th- not for one second in my life did I think I'd have to bank on a Quez Watkins game in a postseason effort. So my, my answer is going to be no. You're going to find other ways to get this ball rolling. I would be shocked if we go with a Quez Watkins effort. You know, look, maybe uh, there might be a pass or two that just naturally happens throughout a game. But I, I think AJ Brown, Devontae in the passing game, still going to be the still be the money ball. Yeah. Uh, how about this, Jody? A Quez Watkins play. Maybe you get that. Maybe he runs by somebody, you get a big play. Yeah, I was going uh, to. And, he, and he, just one play doesn't count. You got to yeah. make two to be a, a significant contributor to a game. And if it's only two, yeah. they got to both be pretty damn big. But can Quez make two plays in this game Ooh. against the Giants on Sunday? I don't know, but I know the Boston Scott touchdown's inevitable, oh, yeah, it's right? Coming. Yeah, it's coming. The Eagles are going to try that. I, dude, I meant to yeah. check that this morning. It was three to one last game. Uh, anytime Boston Scott touchdown, y- you're not getting more than plus twenty two forty. Should be point. minus six hundred if we're being oh, honest. Yeah. There's a guy <laughs> who yeah. knows the lines. Hunter knows That's exactly right. what he's talking about. At Broads eighty one. Follow Hunter on Twitter. One of the hosts of the best show ever on ninety seven five. The Fanatic, NBC Sports, Philadelphia as well. The simulcast. Um, I'll give you. I'll leave you with this. We had a little bit of breaking news here. The Cleveland Browns hired their new defensive coordinator. It is Jim Swartz. The sticks are back, baby. That's right. The Good for the Browns. That's who, right. Who do, who do Eagle fans dislike more, Jim Swartz or, or JG? I think it's JG. Right. I think it's JG. Yeah. yeah. But man, I'm what a you. good good for the brand for the Schwarzenegger. Yeah. I'm pumped. <laughs> I did a spot. I did a spot on a Cleveland radio station yesterday. As a matter of fact, after we wrapped up Birds three sixty five, and the host asked me if the and the Browns were looking for a defense coordinator, 
which would be better, Flores, who was potentially leaving Pittsburgh, and or Jim Swartz? My response was, I think you're okay either way. Either one's an upgrade from what Cleveland had on the defense side of the ball last year. But I would have taken Flores over Swartz. How about you, Brody? Yeah, come on. I'm a Jim Schwartz guy. I'm a Jim Schwartz guy. It runs yeah. through the you, blood. You, you guys are both uh, Schwartz. I, I run deep, yeah. I'm a, Jim I'm a Jim Schwartz truther, man. Great That's right. Truther. Great yep. truther. Absolutely. Oh, the best. Or, or do you mean overstater? No, he's a great coach. I'm, I'm being honest. He's, great he, coach. He really is. Uh, you know, one of the one of the yeah. one of the smartest defensive minds. He knows everything. About Elite, defense. some would say. Yeah. One of, say. one of these days when the Eagles uh, playoff run is come and gone, maybe end in a Super Bowl uh, parade, you and I can sit around and somehow come up with a definition of Jim Schwartz as a great defensive coordinator. Because great, sorry, great. I'm not buying that. I'm not attaching the word great to Jim Schwartz. Not happening. Hunter, great stuff. You are great. We do appreciate you did a great appearance. I have no problem using that word here. Thank you much for jumping in, and we hope to get you back on again because the Eagles will be on a nice long play up front. Thanks, bud. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Thanks, Hunter. Hunter. From the best show ever here with us on Birds 365. All right, Jody Mac, Johnny Mac, coming back to put a bow on the show. Stay with us. I'm Jim Muehlbronner, Managing Partner at DelVal Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds! Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru love promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soganow helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today.
with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game. Now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Coming down the home stretch here on Birds 365 with McMullen and McDonald. Um, I would do want to get your take on this because we got a little disjointed. Uh, last was running a little late. I that we never really spent all that much time on on last night's Cowboys Bucks game. Uh, I gotta admit, I was woefully wrong about it. I put too much faith in Tom Brady's goat abilities and just thought that he could raise what has turned into a mediocre Tampa squad past a pretty good Dallas team. Maybe I underestimated how good Dallas could be last night. That game wasn't really competitive, and I truly did think the Bucs were going to win, so shame on me. So I need your take on this, Johnny Mac. If Tom Brady decides he's either going to step aside and retire or he's going to take his football and go play elsewhere, if you're the Bucs, what would you do next year? I, I wouldn't want him back. Um, you know, we're, we're at the uh, – look, I think Tom could still be successful, but I think everybody – everything has to be around him. He's got to have a good offensive line, good playmate, and then he's just going to pick people apart. He's still got the accuracy. He's still got the smarts, all of that. But the way the game is changing and the evolution of the game, it's about uh, – mobile guys. So I, I don't even know why Tampa Bay would want him back. To me, you have to have a ready-made, like San Francisco. I mean, everything is ready-made there. If they had Tom Brady, they might win the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy. If they had Tom Brady, they would win the Super Bowl. I'd say that right now. Um, everything's ready-made. I think if, if, if you're in that type of position um, – yeah, take a shot. I think he's still got something left in the tank. But if you're if you're a mediocre team like Tampa is right now, or worse, no, you can't have a quarterback like I, that. I agree you, with you. Um, you. You either misunderstood my question or I didn't ask it right. I'm not worried about Brady. Assuming Brady leaves, if you're Tampa, what do you do? What do you mean as far as bringing who's your next quarterback? The 2023. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, sons Tom Brady. Who's their QB? I mean, who's their coach? Yeah, I, I first of all, I any team, I I start looking at Derek Carr because I think he gets crapped on a little bit too much. Any team that where needs is, where is Derek Carr going to take the the Buccaneers? Well, no, but everybody's in that Sam Hankey mode. Like if the championship, everything's championship or bust. Not everybody can have Patrick Mahomes. You you got to get better. You got to compete. But you got to compete, and I think you can compete in a bad division with Derek Carr, and then sort of who knows? You roll the dice, maybe you win a playoff game, whatever. Remember that's a that they won the division with a less than five hundred record. Um, there's an opportunity, but if you're looking to completely tank and go the hanky route, well then tank. Who cares? Yeah, that, right? After watching that game last night, uh, the realization kicked in. That's what Tampa needs to do. They, they need to fire their coach. 
They need to get a young quarterback, even if it's just a placeholder for a year until you get in a spot where you can draft one. This offseason, I'd try and get to one of the top two picks and get one of the franchise quarterbacks. I don't think they have what it takes to get that done. But, yeah, that, it, it, Derek Carr isn't going to come in and make them any better than Tom Brady. Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to go into uh, Tampa and make them any better than Tom Brady. They need to go backwards to go forwards. And I, I wasn't – I didn't believe that before last night, but last night – they were so bad. Maybe I'm not giving the Cowboys enough credit that I, I, if I were them, and I don't have no faith in their head coach, if I were them, I would go down and rebuild. Yeah, and that's, that was my concern and why I said the toughest matchup for the Eagles in the divisional round would have been the Cowboys because if the Cowboys bring their A game on a particular game day, they can beat anybody. Now, they lack consistency, and that's their problem. They'll probably show up next week and lay an egg. Um but if they're on, they can beat anybody. These other teams, uh, and Tampa Bay was in that equation as well, uh, with the Giants and Seattle. Yeah, they should be relatively easy uh, for the Eagles. And here comes a 22-hour tease, because I'll ask Johnny about this tomorrow. We were out of time here today. Mike Evans on the trade docket. And if you oh, they'll never trade Mike Evans. Well, people thought that Devontae Adams would never get traded. A.J. Brown would never get traded. Um, Tyreek Hill would never get traded. They were all traded this past offseason. Check the free agent wide receivers this year. Not a very inviting lot. So if uh, he goes out onto the open market, Tampa could get a king's ransom for him. And that's the, the direction I think they should go. All right, partner, we're out of time. I'm back here tomorrow. Are you? Yeah, let's do it, man. I'm going to get a walkthrough Tuesday. A lot of information. Be in the locker room. The head coach is going to talk. I'm sure he'll give us all the injury information. All 100% will know everything. Jim. Yeah, right. Uh, well, John will ferret through it as best he can. And he and I will be right back here on Birds 365 in 2 and 2. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.